At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The Pittsburgh Steelers opened up the preseason with a 32-25 victory over the Seattle Seahawks this past Saturday at Akershore Stadium and Labs. All of the question marks we had going into this game have been answered. All of our worries for the 2022 season have been put to bed. I don't even know why we need to analyze anything because the Steelers are perfect. Not only do we have one good quarterback, we have three great ones. Gunnar Olszewski's going to the Hall of Fame. George Pickens isn't far behind him. Uh, it just looks like this team is going to go 18-0 easily. Well, then you're not counting the playoffs. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, 20 and 0 or 21 and 0, whatever, so, give or take one or two, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, you met, you started off by saying all the questions are answered. You know, I, I, my, and I know you were kidding. Okay. Let's get that. You picked up on first. that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, actually no questions were answered when it comes to the quarterbacks. No I don't think. No, I mean, what, whatever you, um, there, there was no separation in my mind. I yeah. mean, if if you went into the game um, liking, say, Trubisky best, well, there's nothing happened that <laughs> should dissuade you from that opinion. If you went in liking um, Pickett best, there's nothing that happened in the game to dissuade you from that opinion. And for those uh, low brows in the stands who booed Mason Rudolph, um, for getting sacked when uh, my recollection was the Seattle player uh, just blew past yes, Dan Moore, like yes. uh, who did not play a bad game overall, but he got beat badly on that play. Um, that's the quarterback's fault. I mean, so if you went in hating Mason Rudolph and there were <laughs> some people in the stands who did, they can still hate him because, you know, he had the audacity to get sacked when a uh, the opposing <laughs> defensive lineman came in clean. So, um, yeah, th th there wasn't a lot of uh, separation uh, among the three quarterbacks. And, you know, if uh, Mike Tomlin wants to continue this week, 
in the uh, using them in the order in which he has used them pretty much throughout with the occasional flipping of uh, Rudolph and Pickett. Um, you know, there's nothing that happened in the game that would you could argue that that rotation should be changed or, you know, the depth chart should be changed right. or, or anything. I mean, it's just everybody did something good. Um, and three quarterbacks finish a game. Three quarterbacks on the same team finish a game all with passer ratings over 100. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that myself. Yeah, no, it was an incredible performance, really, from all three. Like you said, they all really had good things you could point to. Mitch, clinical first opening drive, led to a touchdown. That was really good to see. Mason Rudolph, yeah, he got booed for no reason because that was not his fault when he got the ball you know, stripped from him and he was able to pick it back up, so it was nothing more than just a sack. But, man, I think he had maybe the best throw of any of the three of the night when he dropped that back corner of the end zone deep ball to George Pickens. Great play by Pickens as well to get his feet in, but what a beautiful pass that was for Mason. And then Kenny comes in, second half, wins the game for you, and he only had two incompletions in his 15 attempts uh, passing the ball in the second half for Kenny. I mean, you can't really find a negative when it comes to any of these guys unless you're, you know, bending over backwards to try to find a negative. Right. As I said, you know, if you if you want to criticize and here, let, let me just do it for you. You know, again, and I'm not I'm not no, I'm not uh, going to claim that any of this is justified. I'm just saying if you want to nitpick, if you want to yeah. whoever you want to hate. OK, let's let's go for it here. Let's start with Pickett. You mentioned he only had two incompletions. He only had two incompletions because all he did was dump the ball off. I mean, he completed 13 passes for 95 yards. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, that and and that, you know, the game winning touchdown, the game winning touchdown, the game winning touchdown. Tyler Vaughn's made that play. Yes, he did. I mean, he just threw it out to him. Um, you know, he either made the guy miss or the guy missed. To, again, who do you want to blame slash credit for that? And then Tyler Vaughn's runs it into the end zone. Um, so that's the artificial picket um, uh, criticism. Uh, let's go backwards now, Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph, uh, he got sacked. How dare he? He needs to have eyes uh, on the back of his then, head. He needs to grow too many right. pairs of and eyes, then, yes. You know, <laughs> the, other, the other thing, I mean, he, he did put together a 17-play drive. Good for him. But they had to settle for a red zone field goal. Mm -hmm. So there you go. What's he doing? Cut him. Um, and Trubisky, um, you know, he did take the team down the field on the first drive, um, but they didn't do anything on the second drive. So he's obviously, you know, wasn't worth the money, the free agent money that they gave him to sign. So you say they have three, uh, you know, if you want to be negative, uh, contrary, and a pain in the butt on a Monday, if you're cranky in the morning, like, gee, I don't know me and you, um, <laughs> you can find something to hate about them all too. So um, there you go. It's, it's uh, as Mike Tolman refers to it, ebb and flow. Um, so, but again, I, I'm going to go back to what I really think, which is the guys all played well enough that there's nothing really to separate them more than had separated them when the game started, uh, before the game started. So uh, here we go, back to the grind. I think Jacksonville is going to be um, a, a, a more intense test, a better test, mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, they're going to have to get over the fact that they played all played well in the preseason opener. I'm sure Mike Tomlin will help them get past <laughs> that, that quickly. in these yeah, <laughs> next few days. Uh, and, and the heat down there, I think it's just going to be 
uh, you know, this is, it's almost chilly up here today. Yeah. Um, so the uh, heat of the day thing, practicing in the heat of the day is going to be nothing compared to Jacksonville. I remember um, back in the day, Jerome Bettis, who has asthma, uh, used, a, used, used an inhaler during games often. He used it a lot when we would play in Jacksonville. So it's going to be different even than Latrobe when Latrobe is hot. So uh, I think that that's going to be a factor. And, hey, the Steelers have been teams that played in championship games and played in uh, and, and um, won a Super Bowl and struggled down in Jacksonville. Yep. So that's just, uh, I don't know, if it's the weather, whatever it is, all teams have their places that... Um, it's like the Steelers-Bermuda Triangle. You don't want to get down there. Bad things just happen okay. when you get down there. Bad things, man. Bad things. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think that uh, we may learn a lot more um, this coming Saturday, and who knows? I mean, maybe after this game, the second game, it'll be the other way around where rather than praising them all, you're ripping them all. Um, but, you know, again, we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and as I've said many times, the thing about the NFL is you got to do it more than one in a row. No question. One thing I didn't hate about the quarterbacks, though, is some of that mobility that Tomlin, Colbert, Omar Khan, everybody said in the offseason they really wanted out of their new quarterback was some mobile aspect to his game. That was on display. Not so much, you know, scrambling-wise. Kenny did have three scrambles. He had 16 yards on the ground uh, during his second-half performance. But I think about the Mitch Trubisky touchdown to Gunnar Olszewski. You know, pocket isn't exactly the best. He breaks out of it, rolls out to his left, finds a wide-open Gunner in the end zone. It's just the new mobility that you're going to have with the quarterback this year. And I'm not saying this as a negative towards Big Ben. He's a Hall of Famer first ballot, and we all know how mobile and how tough he was to bring down in the pocket in his prime. But that kind of waned away, obviously, in the later years, and it was really good to see Kenny get some mobility going uh, in the scramble game, Mitch being able to manipulate the pocket well, roll out, and still find Gunner for a touchdown. Yeah, and, you know, it. It, it I, I always looked at it um, from how those kinds of quarterbacks would impact the Steelers' defense when they didn't have a quarterback like yeah. that themselves. You know, Josh Allen, guys like that, even Baker Mayfield. I remember, you know, Baker Mayfield was not a running quarterback, but uh, he was able to uh, sometimes break down the defense, you know, by getting outside the pocket and being on the perimeter, you know, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, that's that's a part of the NFL now. Uh, I, I understand the value of a, a pocket passer, and we're going to see instances here if not immediately in Jacksonville, but certainly then as the schedule, we get deeper and deeper into the schedule on into the regular season where, you know, a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, may, you can describe him as a statue, you know, late in his career, you know, but his arm strength and accuracy and some of the other uh, tangible physical assets that he brought to the position, um, I think have maybe uh, to some degree, uh, fans came to take them for granted. And, you know, you're going to see sometimes when, uh, you know, because, look, when Kenny Pickett, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but we're comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger here for a minute. 
when he throws those long out patterns, man, I hold my breath um, because they just don't get there as fast. And that's not, you know, that's not necessarily a rip on Pickett as much as it is, you know, there, there aren't too many guys who have the arm strength that Ben Roethlisberger right had. Out. So you, you get used to that, get used to seeing that. You know, again, there aren't um, too many guys who played with Ben long enough to have become lulled into thinking that, you know, this is the way it is with every quarterback on your team. So I don't know that it's going to become a problem necessarily with within the locker room in terms of, you know, the receivers knowing how to, you know, deal with this new um, kind of quarterback that the Steelers are going to have. But, you know, if fans are paying attention and are going into it with an open mind instead of, you know, we like this and we hate that uh, and refusing to, you know, be swayed by stuff that slaps them right in the face. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see some things where, uh, you know, the, the arm strength, the accuracy maybe isn't what it had been, right. but you know, these guys, I think are able to get things done in a different way. So, uh, again, they're not who they're not. And, uh, I think everybody should understand that. I, I certainly believe everyone associated with the team understands that. And you just don't ask them to do things that they're not physically capable of doing. Everything will be fine. Well, QB1 Mitch Trubisky spoke to the media following his Steelers debut against the Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a listen to what Mitch had to say about his performance. Offense going down there and getting a touchdown on the first drive. Um, and we executed well. Uh, we'd like to go down the second drive and do the same thing, go two for two. But I feel pretty good about where we're at and uh, overall execution. So uh, O-line did a great job just communicating. And uh, it was good to be out there um, live. And it was a lot of fun. Think you might get more than two series? Was that kind of plotted out? Uh, we didn't know, to be honest. So we were just going out there. I had the idea I was just going to play first quarter, maybe into the second, and then uh, after two series, got the got got taken out. So it's it is what it is, and um, we scored in the first drive. So just go back and look at the second drive, see what we could have done better. And uh, but overall, it was good. How well do you feel like uh, what you guys have been working on in Latrobe translated onto the field? Tonight? Yeah, it was good. I think we got a lot of our base concepts down uh, running the pass, and um, we executed those well tonight. So the guys know them, and we're able to go out there and execute. So it doesn't matter uh, what we call. The guys are comfortable with everything that we've been repping up to this point. So it's good to see, and uh, not just the first group, the twos and the threes, and the young guys up there, and guys who just got here this week, we're able to go out there and execute it well. So it's uh, it's definitely translating from practice uh, into the game, and that's what you want to see. What was the emotion like? First drive, first opportunity here in the stadium. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I was uh, excited all day. Uh, I was waiting all day for for the opportunity. Um, had to wait all around for the night game, and uh, I was just amped up, ready to go, and wanted to lead the team right down the field and score right away. And uh, it was a good way to start the game and uh, set the tone. So, uh, and we finished strong as, as a group. So it, it was a fun game to be a part of, and it was it was awesome. Seemed like you had a good connection with Gunner. He was a guy that didn't get a lot of opportunities to be a receiver in New England. What do you like about what he brings to the table? Yeah, he's shifty. He gets open. He's very quarterback friendly. And uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, he has great run after catch. So someone that you can rely on, he's going to know he's going to be in the right place. And um, like he did on that third down, made a guy miss and it was able to extend the play. So um, I'm glad he's getting the opportunity and he, he really showed out tonight. What was the process just tonight? 
and carrying this into the next week? Yeah, for sure. I think you enjoy the win as a team. Uh, I thought we played well in all aspects, and then you go back, you'd be critical on the film and see what we can get better at and work on that in practice this week going into preseason two. What was it like for the older guys coming watching Kenny get to, to have some fun there? At the it game? was awesome. It was awesome. I told them uh, before the game, you always remember your first preseason game. So um, you, you, they all kind of blend together after that. But I, I told them it's going to be a memorable one tonight. And uh, it, we, we finished strong as a group. And you got to be happy for them and, and the whole team. So it was awesome. It's only two series, but what did you think of the line in front of you, how they played? Yeah, they, they did great. We, I thought we did a great job with communication and just giving me time, and we were able to convert a couple third downs, and uh, we had some big runs there as well. So they're creating holes for the backs, and uh, we, we had a couple explosives. So um, we're just going to keep getting better as a unit, and that, uh, that group up front did a great job. Yeah, all the backs are running hard. I think uh, us going live in practice really translates to the game. I mean, those runners are they they run so tough and um, they take care of the football and, and they they're hitting the holes when they're opening. So the O line's doing a great job creating them for them, and, and those backs are making some great plays in open space. Amac, he he's running hard tonight. He he's tough to bring down. He, he's so quick and shifty. Um, it's fun to watch him with the ball in his hands, and he's just going to keep doing those things when given those opportunities. Anyone else? What's the confidence you guys have in George and what he's been able to do in just a few weeks as a pro? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, he's standing out. He's making plays, and he's definitely a guy you want to go to. And uh, anytime the ball's in his area, it's a big play opportunity. So uh, we just got to keep getting reps with him, keep giving him opportunities, and he's going to continue to do special things. So he's, he's been really impressive up to this point. That's Steelers quarterback Mitch Trubisky speaking to the media following the Steelers' win over the Seahawks on Saturday. And, Labs, before we hit the break here, he talked about the offensive line at the end of his questioning there. And it wasn't a perfect performance from them, but especially what he said about the running game, I think, really jumped off the television screen to me. They were really given McFarland and Warren and the backs a lot of room to operate, and that was something refreshing compared to what we saw a lot of last year. Well, you know, I don't um, – I'm, I'm not a real expert uh, on offensive line play. That's plays. right. Seriously, Starks I, and Wolf take care of that when they come on after us. Right, and they're on next. So, um, But it seemed to me, you know, here, here's the numbers. 27 uh, – the Steelers rushing numbers. 27 attempts, 185 yards, 6.9 average. So, you know, you'll take the, You'll take half of that, um, uh, you know, in a in – a, and on a game by game basis, I think, and it would be an improvement over last season. And let's not forget, number twenty-two did not play uh, against yes. the Seahawks either. Um, you know what I think is, and, and and I don't know, maybe this is premature to be saying this. You know, drawing a conclusion too early. Um, but hey, you know that's what we get paid to do on this on this hour. <laughs> Wait, um, we get paid for this. I think <laughs> <laughs> bread and water. That's huh. what I get. What do you get? Um, so. Uh, but I think that what we're going to see is maybe, you know, the Steelers don't have the offensive line to line up, play smash mouth, you know, the way Steelers fans like it. I mean, it's not going to be Jerome Bettis, <laughs> the way the team would run then, put a fullback in, Dan Kreider, and, you know, just knock people off the ball and, you know, gain four yards, six yards on a consistent basis. I, I think that there's going to have to be, you know, maybe some a little bit more creativity. Uh, and again, as it's going to be with the quarterback play, you know, it's going to evolve a little bit. It's not going to be what we're used to, but that doesn't mean it still can't be effective. And it seemed to me that um, 
the line did a, a decent job in uh, creating some openings for McFarlane and even Jalen Warren and Master Teague even there at the end of the game, you know, between the tackles. And then they used some misdirection. You know, they used some uh, a jet sweep. Uh, Steven Sims had a 38-yard run, you know, with a little reverse action, you know, get the flow going yeah. one way and um, come back the other way. You know, <clears throat> and – you know that can be effective too if it's blocked correctly and you know those kind of kinds of things you don't allow penetration so you know the offensive line uh, I'm not going to uh, start nominating anyone for the pro bowl or anything but you know there's a long way to go and there's a lot to see yet and this is also um, it's gonna have to um, survive the test of time and by that I mean you know Seattle didn't watch a second. I guarantee you a second of video in trying to get ready for this game. I mean, they're just worried about themselves. That's the right. way it is around the NFL. So what what you saw there was, you know, Seattle trying to adjust on the fly to what they were seeing for the first time. And, you know, once we get past, who knows, maybe even Jacksonville will spend a little time watching what the Steelers did in this game. But certainly come September 11th, the Bengals are going to be prepared at least prepared to the extent that they can be uh, based on the video that they're able to see from the preseason. So things are going to change, but I, I, I like what I saw from them first time out. Some skill position players that have been popping at St. Vincent really made their mark in the first preseason game. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. And, of course, we'll hear from Coach Tomlin and his post-game thoughts after the win against Seattle. That's all on the way here on the Training Camp Report right here on SNR. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers practice today gets started at 1.55 p.m. on the campus of St. Vincent College, Chuck Knoll Field. If you are headed up or if you want to head up and see a practice before training camp breaks, you best do it soon. You only have a handful of practices remaining before camp breaks, so make sure you get up to Latrobe and take in all of the wonders of a Steelers training camp practice. Uh, Labs, one guy that you've been bringing up a lot when we talk about practices has been the wide receiver, Gunnar Olszewski. You've been saying how good Gunners look, not just in the punt return game, not just as a kick returner, but he looks like a legit wide receiver. And I think everybody in Pittsburgh and across the country saw what you were talking about when he had his uh, first drive with Mitch Trubisky on Saturday. He looked really good, and he did all those things that you were talking about, you know, those little New England-type wide receivers, those Edelman-esque kind of routes. It, it really shone uh, on Saturday night. 
Yeah, and you know the thing about Gunnar Olszewski is you know, he was signed to be a uh, a returner, um, but what you know, except for catching the ball uh, out here on kicks and punts, we haven't seen him. You know, there's no tackling ever. Yeah. On special teams, the Steelers do do live tackling drills, but none on special teams. And he did not return, nor was he even back to return any uh, against the Seahawks. So you know, the kind of the thing that he was signed to do, we haven't seen him do it yet. But my opinion, I've said this, uh, I will continue to say this. I think this guy's an upgrade over Ray Ray McLeod. All yep. due respect to Ray Ray McLeod, I think Gunnar Olszewski is a better receiver. Uh, and for some of the reasons that, you know, you just mentioned that I've talked about, that Mitch Trubisky said in, in that uh, postgame uh, presser, that he, and Trubisky called him quarterback friendly. Yeah. And, you know, that's the kind of thing, uh, and I'm not comparing him at this point now with Ray Ray McLeod, but going back to uh, the New England-esque kind of things, uh, the Edelman stuff, uh, Amendola, um, you know, th those are quarterback-friendly receivers as well. And, that, you know, that's a big deal, especially because the way it looks, I believe, the, the way it's going to evolve here as we get more into the preseason and then into the regular season, you know, Gunnar Olszewski's role as a receiver is probably going to be in situations where the Steelers have more than two on the field at a time. And usually when you have more than two on the field at a time, it's a um, possession down, you know, yeah. third down, fourth down, if you're going for it, maybe red zone, you know, those kind of situations. And having a guy who's quarterback friendly on the field as a receiver in those situations is a big help, <clears throat> excuse me, and certainly a bigger help, you know, when the quarterbacks are all going to be new. They're either new to the Steelers or they're going to be, or they're new to the NFL in the case of Kenny Pickett or, you know, new to the role that they're going to be asked to fill um, this regular season. So having a quarterback friendly guy with good hands um, who gets open uh, is reliable. Uh, that <clears throat> That's a big help for the quarterback. And no so um, I, I, I like, you know, Gunnar Olszewski, I think is going to be a nice uh, addition to this offense. Well, one guy that everybody was looking forward to seeing was number 14, George Pickens. And once again, he did not disappoint labs. The touchdown pass is obviously in the front of everybody's mind, but the sideline catch that he had from Mason Rudolph, where he just kind of jumped up and snatched that ball out of the air, tapped two feet down and got him in. And he even got up and started feeling himself a little bit after that catch. That's the kind of catch that you see from someone and go, wow, this dude is really special because that kind of body control and that kind of ability to snatch that ball out of the air like that, that doesn't come around too often. It's not very common amongst a lot of wide receivers. It is not. And, you know, you've heard me use this um, phrase to describe Kenny Pickett. That's an NFL throw. That's an NFL catch. Yep. Um, and, you know, the, what we hadn't, what we didn't see Pickens do, you know, against Seattle that we've seen a bunch of times at training camp, you know, I don't know if his hands are huge or whatever it is, but his ability to snatch the ball and control it with one hand mm. um, is amazing to me. Uh, that might be his superpower uh, when it's all said and done. We didn't see that against Seattle much, but yeah, that his ability, you know, the combat catch thing, we see that a lot out here in Latrobe too. That's certainly going to come into play uh, in the NFL in games uh, because, you know, combat catches, What what's open in the NFL is so much different 
than what's open in college. Yeah. You so rarely see guys get open in the NFL where they're open when you the way that you see them get open in college. And so even if um, you're quote unquote open uh, and the quarterback delivers the ball, goes to you, targets you, sometimes by the time it arrives, you're going to have a defensive back or two in the neighborhood where it's not going to be a clean and easy process, you know, for you to go catch the ball, secure the ball, and then complete the catch, either start to run or get your feet in or whatever the situation might demand. And I think Pickens is going to excel in those situations. And, you know, again, his, uh, hey, he's a freak. What can I tell you? He's big. That's the right word. He's strong. He's fast. Right. He has the good awareness, you know, the toe tap Antonio Brown thing. Are you really uh, impressed with that, seeing, you know, he's just fresh out of college and you have to add that extra foot down in the NFL, and it seems like it's just so natural to him. He has no problem getting that second foot in. Yeah, I mean, everything he does impresses me, seriously. I mean, you kind of get numb to it a little bit after you watch it every day over the course of two or three weeks like we have been able to do up here. But still, there's always something, it seems to me, every day when you go, wow, you know, wow, look at that. Wow, that was impressive. Wow, that was whatever. Um, And there have been some plays up here where – you know, he'll make a play at the pylon. So you're right at the pylon. You need to get over the goal line, but stay in bounds, you know, and and uh, he does stuff with one hand that it is just the body control, the awareness. It's it's unusual. It just is. I, I, I don't even know that Antonio Brown was that as a rookie. Mm. And so this guy, um, you know, the term, let me say this, the term number one receiver is thrown around a lot. And I've talked to Mike Tomlin about this and you know the the actual you know number one receivers are like franchise quarterbacks. There aren't that many. Yep. I mean people talk about it like there are a lot of them like every team has one, but really that's not the case. And last year for example, I don't know that the Steelers had a number one receiver based on what the true definition of it is. Uh, I think that George Pickens has the ability to be that. Uh, and he's on his way to being that already. Yeah, the hype train is full steam ahead for George Pickens. Really excited to see him continue uh, to work his way through his rookie year. Coach Tomlin spoke to the media following the win over the Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a listen to Coach Tomlin's post-game press conference right here on the Training Camp Report. Man, first, I'd just like to thank the fans, man. They were really into it, and, and we appreciate their presence. Uh, created the type of atmosphere that we desire here at Akashore, and so... Um, that was good to get back in front of them. Um, a lot of good efforts, some things to learn from, some positive things, some negative things. Um, that's probably the nature of the first week out. It's good to learn those lessons and explore those things with the win. Um, I don't care what time of year it is, we play and play to win. And I appreciate the group's efforts, um, particularly a lot of the young guys. Uh, we held a lot of guys out. It created a, a awesome play opportunity um, for guys, not only in terms of playmaking and so forth, but just, you know, displaying conditioning and, and, and seeing uh, if they're capable of playing with detail as, as you know, fatigue and so forth sets in. Um, a lot of, you know, awesome efforts. Um, we'll comb through this. It's big. Uh, I just told the group, you know, the, bi- the biggest thing that we've probably done to this point is the next time we come together 
and the analysis of this tape and the lessons learned and how that guides our actions as we as we lean into the next in-stadium opportunity. And that's the cycle that is this game. And so um, it's a big week for us. Um, we were able to stay virtually injury-free. I think Carl Joseph had an ankle that's being evaluated. I don't know that any of the other ones of it, or, or of any significance. You guys didn't see us work on Friday. Uh, so uh, Calvin Austin had a foot injury that didn't allow him to play. Uh, we'll evaluate him, and hopefully he'll get back to us sooner rather than later. But don't have a lot of details in that regard. I'll pause and then open it up for questions. Mike, what did you make of uh, Kenny Pickett and what he was able to do there at the end? You know, um, he, he, he moved his group. Um, he played situational football. He, had a, he displayed a competitive spirit. Um, a lot of good things to build on for, from a first performance standpoint. Like the first two quarterbacks. I thought I could say the same thing about all three, to be honest with you. Um, they moved their units. They did the informal things associated with the position from a leadership and communication standpoint. Um, they were engaged. It was a good first time out uh, for all three. Obviously, we'll comb through it tomorrow and, 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 and evaluate it in that way. Did the division of labor with them play out pretty much the way you thought it would? Yes. Mike, what did you think of how your first two running backs ran today? You know, I like the efforts of, of, of those guys. Um, I didn't like Jalen putting the ball on the ground. I appreciate his tackle breaking and contact balance. Um, but, but that standard of expectation is non-negotiable. Uh, he's got to get better there. These are good days, provided we take care of the ball. And um, we didn't do that. Thankfully, we got it back. Um, so, you know, we got to get better. See anything from George Pickens that surprised you tonight? No. What about the blocking and the other intangibles that he um, I, I got to look at the tape to analyze some of those things, but from a playmaking perspective, he was his performance was was consistent with what we've seen in practice settings. Mike, what does a play like that do for Mark Robinson, a young guy trying to make a team? You know, it's a big play, not only for him but for us. Um, you know, situational splash playmaking um, to secure victory. We value that. Did Anthony Miller have an injury? We didn't see him out there. Yeah, he's got a shoulder also. Yes. Run defense a little bit of an asterisk, given you didn't go with your, you know, TJ in the first defensive line, or is six yards for carries. The standard is the standard, and we were below the line. Um, we got to get better there. Like initial impressions of the offensive line. You know, we we got to keep them cleaner. Um, you know, we're capable of that. Um, they brought some pressures, and that was good. We had an opportunity to see some pressures and have our protection from an assignment standpoint be tested. But I'd like to see our quarterbacks cleaner uh, than they were tonight. Um, but we made some plays, particularly at that position with our legs and so forth, and I'm appreciative of that also. Um, you know, some of those things uh, were able to be revealed because of it. What do you think about the quarterback play, particularly uh, Moulet? I'm sorry? What do you think about the quarterback play tonight, the secondary play? Um, we did some good things. Um, we'll, we'll comb through it uh, tomorrow with, with greater detail. I thought in the early stages we were doing some nice communication things that allowed us to have cohesion. There was less communication as the game wore on, and, and it created some looseness, if you will. And so uh, those younger groups got to remain vigilant about, about the communication component. We had guys running in the flat open and things of that nature and, and situational football that's unacceptable. Anyone else? Yeah. Mike, you've used rookies a bunch in the past. Najee last year, Claypool before that. Is it just as simple as anyone that can help you win the game is going to play, or is there more to it, maybe an energy that they bring, anything No, it's just that simple. Um, you know, if they're playmakers, we, we put them in position to do so. Yeah. 
special teams obviously get, getting used because of other tight ends like, that weren't playing. How do you think Connor Hayward's come on here in the last week or so? You know, it was good to see him make some coverage unit plays. Um, you always got questions about the white shirts. That's what we refer to as offensive football players uh, in the special teams game. And I think he had a couple of uh, kickoff tackles, which is good for him and for us. Anyone else? All right. We Great. Will Thank you, guys. Over here. That's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media. Not very impressed with his defense's performance, and we'll get to that on the other side of the break. But one last thing offensively to touch on uh, that he talked about there, Labs, in this segment. Uh, Jalen Warren, obviously another guy that's flashed a lot at camp. You've met, Who's that number 30? He looks really good when he carries the football. He had 5.7 yards on per, per carry on six carries against Seattle on Saturday night. But when Tomlin was asked about him, you could tell what was at the very top of his mind putting the football on the ground. That's not going to do himself any favors if you're Mr. Jalen Warren. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'd even go far as to say this. This would be a, a warning if, you know, um, Jalen Warren would ask me for my advice, which he is way too smart to do. <laughs> Don't fumble again this preseason. If you fumble again this preseason, that could be the difference in you getting cut. That could be the difference between – active roster, and hoping you get picked up for the practice squad. Because, as um, Mike Tomlin explained, that's non-negotiable yep. with him. That is his thing. Uh, all coaches have their triggers. That is Tomlin's. And especially, you know, Najee Harris, um, he puts the ball on the ground once. He's not necessarily putting himself in a precarious position because of that. But when you're a down-on-the-depth chart kind of guy – hoping to grab onto a backup spot who's not exactly a special teams ace, which Jalen Warren is not so far anyway. Right. Um, two of those, two of those in a three game preseason. I mean, that, that might be it. Just like, you know, we've talked about what does it take to make the roster as purely as a returner? And I've said, you, you better take one into the end zone. Well, if you want to make the roster as a backup running back, you better not fumble it more than once. Because once you know you get the lecture, especially if it's the first preseason game, you get another chance. If that happens again, uh, I don't. I don't know that you can come back from that. No. So Jalen Warren certainly is on a bit of thin ice when it comes to ball security. Make sure you protect that rock for the next couple games, and maybe you'll have a spot on the 53-man roster. One more segment to go here on the training camp report. Going to flip things over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about some of that disappointing performance that Mike Tomlin uh, referenced there in his post-game press conference. So that's all on the way here on the training camp report right here on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Wrapping things up here on the Training Camp Report before Steelers practice today at 1.55 p.m. Just a few more St. Vincent practices to go before training camp breaks at the end of the week. We've talked a ton of offense today so far. Uh, naturally, that seems to be what everybody wants to focus on. No one seems to really care about the defense too much. And I don't want to say that the defense was abysmal. And you especially, Labs, have to factor in that they were missing some pretty key players on that defensive side of the ball. But you heard Coach Tomlin in his post-game press conference. That was below the line when it came to especially the rush defense. And that's something that everybody has their eye on this year when it comes to the Steelers. Something that I think most people would say needs to be the most improved from 2021 to 2022. And uh, so far out of the gate, 
looks a lot more like 2021. Again, caveat, not as many stars out there as there usually will, but still, you know, that doesn't matter to Tomlin. Right, and let, let me just put some names to, um, you know, the, the missing stars. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi, TJ Watt, Tyson Alualu, and Cam Hayward. Now, however, it's not like, uh, you know, the Seahawks were uh, running Marshawn Lynch either. <laughs> you know, you have... Uh, and again, due respect to the Seahawks, but you know, let's put this in perspective. In my mind, DJ Dallas averaged seven point three yards a carry. Travis Homer averaged ten point three yards a carry. I mean, I, I personally, I'll just speak for myself. I'd never heard of either one of those guys. <laughs> um, well, and again, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying nice. that these are not household names that were running the ball either. And the numbers that the Seahawks were putting up were. Really, really uh, unacceptable. 159 yards rushing overall, 6.1 average per carry. So, um, you know, it, it needs to get better. It has to get better. Uh, and and again, I don't. I I'm not good enough to be sitting here or have watched the game and say, okay, the line was getting pushed around, or the inside linebackers weren't 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 where they were supposed to be. Um, it didn't seem to me there were a lot of missed tackles. Uh, but again, uh, I wouldn't hang my hat on just about any of the instant analysis I was able to come up with, you know, sitting in the press box, watching the game through binoculars. Uh, so, uh, why it happened, um, I'm not so sure, but that it needs to get better. I am pretty sure about that. Do you expect to probably see maybe a little bit, uh, uh more reinforcements, Come Jacksonville's game on Saturday, maybe Ogunjobi gets a run. Maybe Cam even gets a couple of, of plays. Just, you know, that second preseason game, really treat that as kind of a dress rehearsal? Or do you think it'll just be more of, you know, hey, these stars aren't going to be out there. We need to see some of these depth pieces come through and help stop this run. Because I think it's going to get a little harder against Jacksonville. You know, you mentioned the running backs that Seattle was running out there. Uh, Jacksonville's going to have Travis Etienne, first-round pick from last year who didn't play. He's now working himself back in the field. He, he played in the preseason game against Cleveland for Jacksonville last weekend. James Robinson has rushed for 1,000 yards in this league before. So if you see him on the field, that's someone that's certainly, you know, been there, done that, established himself as a pro. So. So going to be a bit of a more formidable running game, I think, against the Jaguars than you saw against Seattle. So do you think you see maybe some more reinforcements from the Steelers to help, you know, see what they got? Or do you still think you hold off on that and just let these depth pieces ride? Well, I, I, you know, this this will be Mike Tomlin's first ever season with only three preseason games. You know, last oh, year right. it was the Hall yeah. of Fame game. So he still had four. I don't really have a good feel with how he's going to treat the final preseason game whether it's going to be that the dress rehearsal, you know, some teams do that now because then you have a almost a t full two-week break between then and the start of the regular season, you know, or, you know, how he's going to treat it. So um, I don't think that, um, you know, Mike Tomlin is going to adjust his kind of plan for to stop the running game based on what Seattle did. And, you know, he's not going to react to one preseason game with how he handles the second one. I mean, he's going to demand better performance from who's ever out there, and I, I, I believe that he has every <laughs> reason and right to do that based on what we saw Saturday night. Um, but I, I really I can't answer that. I mean, that's a guess. Right. And so I think maybe we'll learn more about his plans for this upcoming game on Thursday. But as of right now, I, I just don't know. Uh, you know, and again, it, it, it just wasn't a situation where it seemed to me that uh, there was, you know, a lot of penetration 
by the Steelers' defense in a lot of the running game. I know Arthur Millette had two tackles for loss. You know, I liked the way he seems to be developing as a yes. um, successor to Mike Hilton, you know, as a slot corner who uh, is a guy who is a, an effective uh, weapon to use against the opposing running game as well as what you demand of a nickel cornerback uh, against the pass. So, you know, we'll see how that, you know, works out. But, um, you know, I'm not capable of evaluating Devin Bush uh, at this point. I know that fans are really – interested in that or maybe uh, more interested in pointing the finger of blame at him. Uh, and I'm sure that there were some instances maybe when that would be justified and others maybe when maybe it was not. So, uh, you know, I can't really give you too much analysis of why it happened, but I can't say that you know, the Steelers cannot, cannot continue to give up uh, hunks of running yards like that and an average per carry north of five uh, and expect to win many football games. Yeah, especially seeing Homer, the four carries, 41 yards, 10 uh, yards per carry. That really stings uh, when you read that in the box score. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Mollette having those two tackles for loss. Witherspoon had a big tackle for loss in the running game as well because it really wasn't all bad for the defensive side of the ball. There were flashes from some players. And, you know, sticking with the theme that we were uh, talking about in the previous segment with the wide receivers and guys that have flashed in training camp that have translated that to the field in their first preseason game, Mark Robinson, the the linebacker, uh, drafted late by the Steelers this year, again, looked really good in that preseason game, had a real nice sack late in the game, five total tackles, three of them solo. Uh, another guy that, you know, as I saw him firsthand in game action, I went, oh, no wonder a lot of the people out covering camp have been talking about him a lot. Yeah, and, you know, again, that's a especially an inside linebacker. I'm not good enough to say, well, he did this, 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 and this wrong. He was in the wrong place here. He was you know, whatever. So, but um, when you, let's just say he made mistakes because he's a rookie. He hasn't been playing linebacker all that long in his life. And it's his first NFL game. So let's just assume that he made some mistakes. Okay. I think we're pretty safe in assuming that, but you know, when you, when you have a game like that, where you probably make some mistakes and then in the end, when your team needs it, you make a, a game changing splash play like he did, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, that's, um, I, w- I won't say it makes up for all of that, but it <laughs> makes up for all of that, uh, in my mind anyway, but I'm not the, you know, I'm not the head coach of the guy signing the paychecks. So, but yeah, I mean, th- those are the kinds of things um, you need, I believe, because in the NFL today, that's the kind of defense, in my opinion, you need to, you need to be able to play. You're not going to be the 76 Steelers and line up and, you know, give up 29 points over the last nine <laughs> games with six shutouts or whatever ridiculous um, string that unit put together. You have to, maybe you bend a little bit, but, you know, you make a key play on a possession down to either force a punt or make a team uh, attempt a field goal and scores uh, instead of scoring a touchdown. You take the ball away. Uh, and then all of those, you know, when you take the ball away, if a team drives from its own 10 to your 10 and you take the ball away, that 80 yards of offense means nothing. Right. You know, it's just a, you add it to the stat book and it means nothing. So, you know, that's the kind, you have to be opportunistic on defense, I think, a little bit more than you can depend on being, you know, uh, the immovable object. And so um, that's my approach to it. Uh, and I like the fact that, you know, Mark Robinson did 
make something happen uh, in a critical moment. He, you know, and again, a lot of times you'll see rookies or new, because not only is Mark Robinson a rookie, but he's relatively new to the position that he's playing. And he had the, the wherewithal, the foresight, the presence of mind. You know, he's coming in for that sack. He got the ball out too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, he didn't just, oh my God, I'm going to have a sack, you know, uh, wrap up his legs and bring him down. <laughs> you know, he was, he was uh, attacking the football, trying to get it out. And, you know, those are the kinds of things, that awareness that um, you, you hope for. You try and teach it, but not everybody learns it. And uh, for a guy to show it his first time out like that, I think really bodes well for this guy's promise as a professional. Practice today starts at 155 at St. Vincent College for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Lab, safe to say there's no such thing as a victory Monday when it comes to training camp. Tom will still be getting after these guys today. No, no foot off the gas because you, you pulled out a win against Seattle. No, I don't think so. And, you know, on the schedule, uh, the team meeting was between 845 and 915. You heard Mike Tomlin say a few times during his uh, postgame remarks, uh, we'll comb through the video, we'll comb through the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you, boys and girls, he did that all day yesterday, and I'm sure he was able to put together a reel uh, of mistakes. And, um, you know, that's a lot of times that's the teaching tool that is preferred in the NFL instead of a lot of attaboys, pats on the back and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, you get the awe of blanks. Uh, you should have done this instead of that. So um, I'm, I'm sure there's some of that. I'm going to be interested, though, to see what kind of practice it is today uh, because if they feel anything like I feel, um, <laughs> it, it, it could be very <laughs> ragged. Well, we'll be back again tomorrow at 9 a.m. to recap today's practice. Again, starts at 1.55 this afternoon. You only have a few more opportunities to get up to St. Vincent's and take a look at your Pittsburgh Steelers before training camp breaks, so make sure you get up there and do that if that's what you're inclined to do. Thanks to Bob Labriola, as always, and thanks to you guys for giving us a listen. Wolf and Starks are in the locker room coming up next, giving you their thoughts on the preseason win against the Seattle Seahawks. Back again at 9 a.m. tomorrow here on the Steelers Training Camp Report right here on SNR. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.